You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio, and I hope everyone had a great holiday and good weekend, and uh, that you were with your family. You won't see this very often, that... uh, I'm taking an hour out to do a show. I'm David Moxley. I own America's Web Radio, started it in 2005, and I find now it's very funny that uh, many of the things that I was saying, that we were saying back in 2005, are, one, coming to pass today, and also it's interesting to hear our words played back to us. Now, today, generally speaking, this would be the elderly abuse hour, and uh, actually today I'm going to turn it into a plea for the elderly. And you can tell, I'm right there, the white hair didn't just happen, I didn't spray it white, Uh, so I'm elderly just like many of you folks are, and... uh, you know, I go back... Oh, those are mine, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, my water supply. Anyway, um, we go back many, many years, and uh, I'm going to beg the elderly, and I don't care how old you are. Um, whatever you think, whatever memories you have, we have a terrible, terrible situation going on right now. And this was all predicted... If you can imagine uh, 60 years ago, 62 or 3 years ago, as a matter of fact, I'm from Texas, and uh, that's why the uh, little bit of music there that we started off, uh, but I'm from Texas, and uh, uh, I I don't know what I got up on uh, the screen. Uh, There we go. Anyway... uh, Back in 1956, I believe it was, a professor, Dr. C.L.K. from Lubbock Christian College, came to my junior high school class, J.T. Hutchison Junior High School in Lubbock, and gave a speech. And this was right in the middle of the Cold War. And I've mentioned this many, many times on the air. And it's all coming to pass today. And... Just like you, I'm very tired of it, and the more and more folks that I talk to, uh, we're all tired of it. Everybody's tired of the pandemic and the riots and terrorists. And this has been going on for years. This didn't just happen. As I was talking to one of our hosts earlier this morning, if you don't think this is all planned and has been it has been in the planning stage since 1956 1955 right in the middle of the cold war and here we are right in the middle of the cold war and uh what do you need just keep going you need it up yep okay uh, well we turned up the volume a little bit Anyway, this has been going on for years, and it started during the Cold War. If you remember, Khrushchev took off his shoe and beat it on the U.N. table and said, we will take the United States from within. You don't have to worry about us bombing you. And it just makes sense. But the communists have changed. And what we see today, it's our opinion, and we get this from friends in government, that it's the Chinese that are actually supporting it and funding it. And one of the things, when you look at the from within, and the communists are communists. Let's don't kid ourselves. The Chinese work with the Russians. The Russians work with the Chinese. And all of them work with Cuba. All of them work with Venezuela now. And... Uh, this isn't fiction, this is fact. And the one thing they want to do is destroy the United States of America and capitalism, even though Russia is turning into a capitalistic country, and certainly China likes the money flowing. But let's talk about what's happening from within. 
This is that they were going to put professors in our universities, which they have, both Russian and Chinese, and those professors were going to teach other kids how to what socialism is and how to take over the United States. Hello? And if you don't, I was talking, like I said, to another host today, and if you don't think this is happening and that it's all pre-planned, how do you show up at a protest with pre-printed signs if you don't know if it's just a spur of the moment? There's no spur of the moment to this, folks. This is all pre-planned communists trying to take over the United States. And this is what, thank God we have President Trump. And this is what Trump was saying. This, this is foreign invasion. And it may look like it's domestic, and to an extent it is. And I think we are in the midst and going to have more, and we're going to have a civil war. And again, we've been talking about this for years and years. But I think now... For lack of better terms, the pimple is about to come to the head, and it's going to pop. And it's not going to be a pretty scene. It's going to be a nasty, ugly scene that's really uncalled for. But it's being called for. The other quote-unquote within, the air quotes, is that they said they would take over our history books. And they have. And if you want to get me really upset, call me and say, you think we should rewrite history. Well, I personally happen to love history from the Bible on up and down. It's all history. Every, even this show is going to be historic. Now, that ought to, make, ought to make you sick. But it will be historic. As soon as it's over with, it's history. And it will be archived. And you'll be able to see it again if you want to. But you're not going to see me on camera very much. But I decided today I'm taking responsibility for all of it. I take responsibility anyway for America's Web Radio. But today I have to take responsibility for what I'm saying and what is going on the air. Now, the fact of the matter is, if you go to a junior high school, middle school, whatever your area calls them, and you look at the history book it's deplorable absolutely deplorable and this is why i'm reaching out to the elderly and i you know when i say elderly it it can be any age i don't care if you're 210 or 50 but i'm begging you i'm literally begging you to take your responsibility with your kids and with their kids, your grandkids, and tell them about history. You know, in the history books now, they don't even address socialism. And yet when I was growing up, socialism was one step away from communism or fascism, you know, and uh, fascist. And it, and it still is. They just don't want to call it that. But look at what look at what Biden is spouting. Look at what AOC has been spouting. They want to control you and me from womb to tomb. And they think they have a it has never worked. It will never work. And the reason the United States has been successful is because of capitalism. If a man wants to do it, a woman wants to do it. They can make it happen. The United States is the freest country in the world, and yet we're going to have to change that to some degree to stop this terrorism. And these people that always have their palm out thinking that somebody owes them something, I don't owe you anything unless you're a creditor. I don't owe you anything on America's Web Radio except the truth, and I'm trying to give it to you. Now, who am I? <laughs> I'm just just like anybody else that's on television or in, it's my opinion. But I am very concerned about our country. I'm very concerned about 
some of my friends. I'm very concerned about the next step that these terrorists may try to take. And I'm very concerned about talking to my attorney and other folks that are knowledgeable that, you know, what we've said is coming true, that we are in a civil war. And it's not just a civil war. It's going to be, it's just like every place there's a war right now, who's funding it? We've said this all along in every situation, is follow the money. George Soros is a piece of garbage that funds things that are totally, in my opinion, illegal and and uh, riotous and everything else. And I'm sure that he is funding it. The Democratic Party is funding it. Antifa didn't just happen. They they need money like everybody else. Afghanistan, the Russians wanting to go in there and put money in. It all takes money. And we should be thankful that we have a president that recognizes what's going on and wants to put a stop to it. We have to put a stop to it. The riots can't go on. Uh, The two kids that were killed in Chicago this weekend. You know, and I got in trouble for saying this once before, but if black lives matter, then why aren't they in Chicago every weekend? There was a young man, 14, and a young girl, 7, killed in Chicago, and 60... I believe the number was 60-some-odd others that were, or 14 others were killed, and 60, 64 were injured. This is crazy. And if you don't realize that it's crazy, then either you have your head in the sand or there's something else the matter with you. You don't watch uh, fake news, whatever it is. I don't know. And I don't know that you're watching this, obviously. But I am concerned. Okay, so I'm pleading with the grandparents. Please, please sit down with your kids. I don't care how old they are. And your grandkids. And talk about how you grew up. How it was safe, even in Chicago, to be out in your front yard when you were growing up. Or wherever it might have been. That you had neighbors that you... You all went to school together. You all did all sorts of kinds of things. And even in grade school, we had football teams, we had uh, baseball teams, and we all played and worked together. And now I got an email today. Do you believe in security at your schools? Our security at when I was growing up was a six-foot-two-or-three principal that had a paddle that hooked. It if it hit you on the thighs, it hurt. Or even if it hit you on the butt, it hurt. But it got your attention and you didn't do it again. I was amazed and and I guess I live with my head in the sand. But a few years ago I was introduced to the fact that high schools, middle schools here in Atlanta, they all had police officers that the Fulton County school system has their own police officers. You know, it's not the kids, folks. It's the parents. It's not the kids. It's the parents. The parents that want the easy way out and they they look at the teachers like babysitters or they look at the principals or teachers not only as babysitters but the disciplinarians disciplinarians that uh, take their kids and they shape them instead of the parents shaping them that's wrong parents if you've taken the responsibility to have a kid then you should take the responsibility to teach them and teach them right And how do you teach somebody? What is teaching? Every form of teaching is history. I don't care whether it's English, math, 
history, heaven forbid, American history, Georgia history, Texas history. Everything is history. And for a country to come in and say, we're going to rewrite history, we're going to change your history books, then that is terribly, terribly wrong. Think about it. And grandparents, please, please listen to me. You had your kids, and they had your grandparent or your grandkids. You still got a role to play, and that's teaching history. If our schools aren't going to do it, then you need to do it. And as many, many people that are much smarter than I am have pointed out with these riots... Most of the people don't have a clue. They just start yelling and screaming and let's tear it down. You know, tearing down the statue of Chris, Christopher Columbus or Andrew Jackson are, you know, and those statues aren't doing a thing to anybody other than, oh, you're going to comment? No. Oh, come on. Uh, those statues aren't doing a thing other than helping us remember history. And as many people have said, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat itself. And this is something that we just can't have. And we've got our forefathers... Uh, Uh, yeah, that's okay, whatever. Um, we're going to have a caller in a minute, uh, and so I may have to sort of juggle around on getting things set up, but that's n not a big deal. Um, you'll, you'll put up with me, I'm sure. Anyway, we've got this problem that we got to face, and we got to face it like adults. And, you know... We've been facing it for some years, but in many cases we're letting the tail wag the dog instead of the dog being in charge. And we've, we've got to become adults at, and put things in the right perspectives. You know, it, it's got to be the reality of it all. And, you know... Vietnam made it very clear that we're all in this together. Now, I hate that term, and we use it now with everything from the pandemic to the riots, that we're all in it together. No, we're not. I'm not protesting or in the riots. And like somebody said, uh, it's a disservice to the people that are protesting to be lumped in with the rest of the crooks and thugs and thieves and Antifa and all this that's trying to bring total disorder to our country. And I'm sorry. And I offended some people the other day, and I'm sorry about that, but grow up. Facts are facts. And we can't have the tail wagging the dog. We all live here. I have just as many rights is somebody else that says, oh, 200 years ago we were missed. You know, 200 years ago is 200 years ago. And I'm sorry, and I agree that there were there were some injustice. But at the same token, hello, if you look at history, that's the way it was. I can't change, and I don't want to change history. I don't want to rewrite the history book. I just want to write a prettier history book today than we had yesterday, which has been is being rewritten. The strongest nation in the world, the United States of America, when needed, has always answered the call. We weren't ready for World War II, but we won it. We weren't ready for Vietnam, but in spite of what it says, we won it. And we weren't ready for Afghanistan. We weren't ready for a lot of situations. 
But we stand up for what we believe, and we believe in freedom and in capitalism. And capitalism is the greatest tool ever. And also, we believe in in God we trust. In my opinion, and it's only my opinion, now other people have the same opinion, but I'm saying this, that one of the biggest mistakes we ever made was taking prayer out of schools. And as a country, we lived under In God We Trust. And we, God hadn't let us down, we've let him down. And, you know, this is something that parents, grandparents, we have to put back in our system. It doesn't matter whether you're Christian, Jew, whatever you are, we still believe in a higher power. And we have to protect that higher power that he will protect us. And he will. I'm not a preacher. I just have my beliefs and uh, believe that one of our biggest problems in our country right now is parenting. And a lot of kids grow up without fathers. They grow up in many, in some cases, without mothers. And this is wrong. This is wrong. Parental influence should be teaching, should be, should come from the grandparents as well as the parents, and teaching history and what love is all about and what you can do and can't do discipline wise, but that the United States gives you every opportunity in the world to do whatever you want to do. And this is the way it should be. And this is the way that I grew up. And I and I am very blessed that uh, I grew up in a time that, uh, oh, we had the Cold War, okay. But still, we also had fun and friends. And we didn't have the somebody trying to, we had the Cold War. But it really wasn't a war of takeover not like what we're seeing today and folks we just can't put up with it i have never in my life and nobody else has either because this has never happened that everybody is stressed out in one shape form or fashion this is why we do so many different shows on america's web radio trying to find some kind of level Deru, our Kung Fu master, comes in on Fridays, and there's no other station in the country that I know of, anyway, like ours, that does meditation for an hour, just trying to cool everybody off, just trying to show how you can take something as simple as as mandatory breathing, and you got to do that anyway, but change it into something that helps you relax helps you understand who and what you are and gives you an opportunity just to have peace and it's very good and I want to thank uh, Deru and uh, him being a Kung Fu master has been very interesting I also got to mention that I had a very rewarding yesterday and uh, oh okay uh, we've got uh We've got Mr. Victor Armanderas on the phone. And, uh, Victor, you there? Okay, let me transfer you in. Okay, we've got Victor on the line. And, uh, Victor, just pipe on in. And, uh, oops, I was changing, I was putting the wrong thing up. These buttons can be so confusing. No, I got the, I got you now. Have you got me? Okay. I can hear you. Uh, you're you're kind of on the quiet side. Have you ever known? Have you ever known me to be on the quiet side? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, I don't know if you've been listening before you called in or not, but uh, Victor Armanderas is our uh, host for Online with Victor, and uh, he gets a a bit political every now and then. And uh, Victor, Victor, what I've done today is, uh, you know, I I spent the Fourth of July weekend by myself and uh, did a lots and lots of reading and remembering. And uh, realized from uh, some of the news that uh, one of the things that had to be done is what we've talked about on the show, on your show, on the station for years and years, that we're being we're in a civil war. And it's uh, being paid and funded by people like George Soros, but also the Chinese. We have... I, <laughs> I don't want to say uh, we have sources that have described what's happening. And, you know, you look at the pandemic, where did it come from? You look at uh, the terrorists and you look at who has been promoting it for years. And I had thrown rocks at the Russians, but really it's not the Russians, but it's the Chinese communists. And uh, they are very dominant in our schools they are very dominant in a lot of areas. And so, you know, Antifa and all of this, it takes funding and it takes money. And money's being pumped into these black uh, thug organizations. And when I say black, I don't mean it as far as a skin color. I mean it as far as what they're trying to do to our country. And uh, it's like the old, old Westerns on TV many years ago you knew the good guys because they had white hats on and then the bad guys had black ones on so that's my reference to the blacks is that uh you know the bad guys are trying to take us over and it takes funding and i i mentioned too when i was talking to one of our other hosts this morning uh victor that you know like he said uh all these signs that pop up at these quote-unquote protests or riots they're not printed on the street. They're printed well in advance. So this is all planned. What say you? Well, you're definitely, I mean, David, what I've tried to explain to people is, is it, it, it's absolutely a movement. When you see organized bands of, of mass people that, that show up at a exact certain time, exact certain day, uh, with, with ropes and chains and... and uh, vehicles and, and ways to pull down statues. That's not by accident. They're, they're organized. And, and, uh, a lot of these protesters, if you just, if you're able to get to one that won't shout, you know, scream in your face for five minutes and, and will give you an, every now and then they'll give you an actual answer. And if you just walk up and say, Hey, why are you here? Why are you doing this? They can't give you a real answer. And the reason is, is uh, many of these guys are paid agitators. And what we as a, and people need to understand that this isn't about black versus white or brown versus yellow or, or, or everyone against whitey, which is what they want you to think. You know, the perception they're trying to put forth is that all cops are bad. And that perception has now transformed into whitey is bad. And in reality, it's a Marxist movement. And if you just, you know, David, you mentioned you did a lot of reading. What I, I would recommend for people to do the next time they get some chances to read up on Marxism. Uh, Marxism, the movement of Marxism, they, they've got a code that they live by, and they have a checklist that they live by. And Karl Marx wrote extensively on, on how to move to Marxism and, and how to create a Marxism revolution, which will then turn into socialism, which turns into communism. And... You know, there are people that will be out there and, and say, oh, Victor, you're a crazy Hispanic for saying that. Well, you know what? If you read a little bit, you'll find that I'm not crazy because when you look at the tactics and everything that's being done, it's all been written in history. Uh, everything has been done before that's being done today, including the bands of the uh, the new Black Panthers or old Black Panthers or whichever group it is that will, for instance, this past weekend stood in uh, downtown Stone Mountain with their AR-15s and their Kevlar vest, and, you know, they had on all their military garb and their dark mask and, and everything, you know, to look like a 
trying their best to look like a, a, a guerrilla warfare team. And they stood around, and, and it's all for intimidation. Uh, I was telling some people over the weekend, because I rode with some, a group of people right through Stone Mountain and uh, right in these guys where they were standing. And, and this is all done for intimidation. They, these Black Lives Matter group, which is not, they don't care. If they cared uh, a rat's, you know what, about black people's lives, if they cared about black children, then they would be in Chicago wondering why there was 77, I believe 77 shootings this past weekend, and I want to say maybe 14 more dead. That was black people losing their lives in Chicago for, again, another weekend of double digits. So this movement isn't about skin color. This movement is basically a Marxist movement. And if you doubt me, just look up Black Lives Matter. Look up their website. Look up the Black Lives Movement website. And they do not hide the fact that they're trained in Marxism. Yeah, uh, so the other got the, this kind of movement. The other uh, thing they really can do is it. the other thing people can do is, as they're looking up Black Lives Matter. And I got an email to this effect uh, during the weekend. Find one thing that Black Lives Matter has ever done to help a black. They don't. They haven't done yeah. scholarships. They haven't done training. They haven't done food. They haven't done anything. It's all about making money. And where has that money gone? To the Democrats. Well, the biggest, the biggest organization, Marxist organization, that just put the biggest swindle on American people is BLM. They've got such a flush of cash in the past couple of months, and it's coming from the likes of Delta, uh, the li- I mean, just Fortune 500 companies, Nike, that are falling over themselves to pump money into BLM, and they're doing it because they're afraid to be called racist. They're afraid to be called, uh, you know, anti-this or anti-that, so they don't read what these organizations are about. They just give them money out of fear, so you've got an organization that's not only trying to fear, put fear in public, they put fear in the corporation. That's how they get their money. So they basically extort money, and now they're flush with cash. And you're 100% right, David. A majority of this cash is going to end up in Democratic coffers. And, and the Democrat coffers it's going to end up in is people like AOC. Any Democrat who will push the idea of Marxism and socialism. So this money just cycles right through. So the Democrats love it. And, and I've talked, David, you and I have talked about it. I talk about it on my show all the time. When you have a Democrat party that stokes division, which where that's where we are today. We have a party that doesn't mind this kind of fighting going on in the street or this kind of intimidation because with division you create a, a people who will fight each other and they won't pay attention to what the government's doing or what the Democrats are doing or where the money's, but they raise money and that money goes to their campaign coffers and then you get these this kind of movement in the lawmaking. Well, you know, it's sort of it's sort of like Victor. It's sort of like I put out a tweet today that. Uh, a former president, the one before our President Trump, has been promoting protest. He's all for protest. And, you know, <laughs> sir, you're retired. I don't really give a damn about your opinion anymore, nor should anybody else. You're retired. Go away and shut up. And yeah, if well, people don't know who I'm talking about, well, they can call me. <laughs> well, you know, there's always been a code where you serve your president, whether four years or eight years, and then when you leave, you slip back into the world of, of a civilian. And, and yes, you go and do your speeches for your private functions or whatever because you can make some money and, and presidents do it, and I don't blame them. But there's always been a code where you do not speak out against your uh, whoever is the successor. So when Bush left and Obama came in, Bush really remained quiet all of Obama's years, and that was the that was the right thing to do. And to say, and Bush before him did it, Clinton before him did did it, um, Carter did it. You know, all of, and now Obama's kind of breaking the mold and and coming out during. You know, it's okay once Trump is done, they can come out and they can have all their little arguments and comparisons. 
but the, but he is breaking the code, and, and it's too bad to see that. And uh, because all he's doing is setting it up for Trump, and then when Trump leaves, maybe Trump will break the code. But the president, the precedent has been set. So uh, it's a shame to see a, a good tradition of presidents having respect for the office. That's kind of going away, maybe a little bit, but hopefully we can get it back. Um, but I want people to realize that there's a reason that Democrats, and it's not just Obama. There's a reason Democrats will stoke this kind of, of disturbances. And they'll call it a protest, and they'll hide behind the First Amendment. But these have moved beyond protest. Pulling down a statue and, and destroying federal property is not a protest. Destroying a, a black owner's business is not a protest. What, what I would love for, a, if there were any real journalists left in this country, I want one of them to go stand in front of a BLM member or one of these looters, rioters, and ask them, do you realize you have destroyed numerous black businesses and you have killed numerous black people during these so-called protests? And ask them, where's their point in that? How do they feel about that? And, and that would be something that a, that a journalist needs to ask. But not, I haven't seen one journalist ask yet uh, to any of these protesters how they feel about their, some of the businesses they destroyed, which were black owned. Well, you know, it's that a, seems to go against what their so-called message is. Yeah, you said it earlier, though, and the, and this is true. If if someone were to go in and really follow it, follow the money, you'd find that these most of these protesters they don't have a clue. They're thugs and wanting to get paid. Yeah. They get twenty bucks for doing it, fifty bucks for doing it, whatever. I was in D.C. and many years ago, as a matter of fact. And talking to some D.C. police that uh, we, they were they were protecting us from a, a quote-unquote protest. And it was really a protest. It wasn't a riot. It was just people carrying signs and yelling as they went through the street. And he said, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. They're paid, and they're told what to say, and they're told which signs to carry. They aren't... <laughs> They aren't part of a large organization. They're part of of people that need to get twenty bucks for doing it, or some of them. Some of them were getting twelve dollars an hour back then. But they had they weren't protesters. They were just employees of somebody that could afford to pay them to march down uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. And they are paid agitators. Yeah. And I've said it before, and you mentioned them earlier. If you want to see the, one of the major culprits, look up George Soros. Do some research and read about George Soros. George Soros pays a lot of paid agitators to go and, and disrupt different cities. That is why you have a lot of these people who are destroying businesses in cities that don't even live there. And, and it's, a, it's really, really sad to see, but you've got a man like George Soros who will fund it. And there were people, and when you, you know, we've kind of got the perfect storm here. We've allowed the government to create 20, 30, 40 million people to have no job. So when you get people, and think about this, three and a half years into the Trump administration, we had more people working in America than, than in history. Well, when you start to take some of those people and put them back on the streets, they're going to go back to what they were doing before, which is look for different ways to make money, and many of them will turn to being paid agitators. Uh, so when they don't have a job to go to, well, maybe let's go hang out in the streets. And then when you pay them a little more, a lot of them become agit- paid agitators. And this is a problem with, with good people who did get together and probably did want to protest and get their message out but then they are taken over by the agitators. And oh. the agitators start the, the looting and the stealing and the, the burning down. So there goes your message. I want to get then back to get, uh, why I'm doing the show today, Victor, in that, uh, like I said, I'm not pleading. I'm begging for grandparents and parents to uh, teach yes. to teach their kids history. Yes. We wouldn't be having all of this crap if if our schools had taught our kids history, what the flag means. Well, they had flag burners out in front of the White House last night or night before last, and uh, there should never be a flag burning. It should well, stop before it ever starts. Yeah. And if people appreciated well, you know, if our if history... Taught, if they were taught the true history of why 
why we have learned not to let the flag touch the ground, why we have learned not to burn a flag. If they knew the history of where that came from, then maybe that would stop. But I know, but we don't teach that in schools anymore. I promise you that most college students, most high school students do not know why we revere the flag so much. And that's the same. And David, you're 100% right. We need, we need these, these grandparents and parents to start teaching history uh, because the schools aren't going to do it. And in fact, David, we just had a 4th of July celebration, our 244th birthday. And I would beg people to not only go and start teaching your, your, your kids why we don't burn flags, why we don't step on or let, allow a flag to touch the ground, you know, go back and start teaching about some of the 4th of July speeches. Uh, go back and look up Frederick Douglass. Go look what Frederick Douglass said. Go look what Booker T. Washington said. You know, these people want to get out and have this uh, Marxist movement and tell you how you're supposed to act because of the color of your skin. Well, how about going to look at some of the men who really did make a difference? And they did it with the flag at their back. They did it in the name of America and the name of unity. They didn't do it in the name of division and the name of, of calling for some so-called revolution to take down freedom. You know, that's the other thing, David, if you if you if anyone does any research and looks at the movement that's going on now, it's an anti freedom, anti liberty movement. And throughout our history, we every we this country's based solely on freedom and liberty. And David, you're one hundred percent right, that history needs to be taught. And the only place they're gonna teach it, and that's why I'm reaching out to every grandparent and parent that's old enough to know what discipline is and know what history is, that you have to get with your kids, sit down with them, talk about it, ask them if they have questions, and then answer them and or show them the answer. And it's um, yeah. it's like our weekend of doing all veterans on Saturday. All of uh, our shows were veteran stories. Why would somebody raise their hand and say, you know, I will protect and defend the Constitution of the United, you know, against foreign and domestic, and know that they're putting their life at risk. Why would anybody do that? Because right. they love their country, and they realize what this country has done for them. They realize that, uh, you know, again, you teach history, and the history is we have been the most giving country i i think um i i the i believe the gosh um oh colin powell i guess it was that said this um the only thing we have ever asked a foreign country for after we have saved their bottoms and come in with our lives our kids lives uh the only thing we've ever asked for is the ground to bury them We've never yeah. tried to. We didn't take over the oil industry in Kuwait. We didn't take it over in Iraq or anywhere else. All we've ever asked for is the land to bury our dead, and well, we are the most giving country in the world. And grandparents, I don't know how many of you are listening that are veterans. It could be the wife, the husband, uh, whatever. But you have to teach your kids why someone will raise their hand and offer their life for their flag or for their country. And many, many of our citizens have died over the years from World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. But they loved their country. And I see some of these millennials. There were there was there were people on yesterday or saturday i'm sorry that what is the fourth of july about oh you know oh it's it's where you eat hot dogs and drink beer you know they had no clue what yeah, independence really day was or is yeah and or um what it is we uh we can't have this and and who's responsible it's not our teachers it's our parents and our grandparents and it should start at an early age. And 
okay, here, here's a flag. Go, go wave the flag, and, and you're giving it to a, a four-year-old. You don't want them to stab themselves or hurt themselves with the flag, but you want to teach them the, the respect for the flag. Oh, don't leave it on the floor. Pick it up. The flag doesn't right. belong, belong on the floor. It belongs standing up and proud. Mm-hmm. And the grandparents and parents have to be the ones teaching it. And I, again, and I, I, I don't want to say it for a fact because I don't know it for a fact, but I know what it meant to me growing up and in school, through high school as a matter of fact. We said every morning the Pledge of Allegiance. And some one of the students would get on the PA system and lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. And it was always an honor to be picked to be the one on the PA system that day. Yeah. And, uh, yep. you know, this is, this may be old school, folks, but I guarantee we had a better situation in the late 50s through the 50s than we have today. And it's all because of history. And we were proud proud of the people that had served in World War II. I know, and I've mentioned this before, but my dad was very, very smart, and uh, unfortunately he didn't pass it on to his son, but my dad was very, very smart, graduated from college at 18, and uh, was married when World War II broke out, and was a successful businessman. He owned a lumberyard, and... uh, as soon as World War II broke out, he, I mean, he immediately sold. My mother's side was it gave, but he sold the lumberyard and joined the Navy and went from Lubbock, Texas, straight into the Navy as an officer and served in naval intelligence. And he served for, uh, I believe it was five years, and he served from... 1943, I believe it was, right after World War II had started until uh, 1948. And uh, Mm. he was very proud of his service. And uh, he was, like I said, he was in Intel, so he really couldn't talk about what he had been doing. But uh, it was, uh, you know, that was pride that didn't come from a textbook that was pride in your country that came from your parents and your grandparents and a feeling that you can't you can't attack my country because we're going to hit you back and hit you harder than you've ever been hit and ever thought about being hit and just like um, general whatever his jap general was it said we have awoken a sleeping giant yamamoto i think yamamoto but, uh, okay yeah. And uh, they did. And, uh, you know, with the way the the riots and stuff are going today, I don't think they realize that they're going to awaken a sleeping a giant called the minority that uh, is going well, to stand up. Know, David, the silent majority. I'm sorry. I said minority. The silent majority that's going to yeah. wake up. You know, I said... Um, I gave a little speech on the 4th of July, and one of the things that I said um, is we, we've got, at least I think I said this, I said it at some point, but uh, we do have, David, you touched on something that I just, that I agree with. There is a new sleeping giant that I believe is being awoke or awakened, and that's the sleeping voter giant. You know, there is a slew of Americans that just do not really participate because they feel like they, they, their vote doesn't mean much. But they came out in 2016, and I believe that number is growing, and they're going to come out in 2020. And um, that giant, if you wake it up, not even Democrat fraud with mail-in voting is going to stop the wave that's going to come in November if this sleeping giant is awoke or awakened. Couldn't agree with you more, and I think they're going to fill the... Uh brunt of it and hopefully they'll be smart enough to realize that we don't really want to go into that neighborhood or this area because (laughs) they might have more guns than we do and uh gun uh, gun sales are up 300 they're realizing that yeah gun sales are up 300 and some odd percent which i think that answers the question i know uh 
a good friend lives in Portland, and uh, as left-wing as Portland is, that same silent majority is raising their heads. And, you know, it's... Uh, I don't want it. I, you know, I have the I have what I think I need to have, and I certainly don't want it. I got enough of it as it as it was many years ago, and uh, right. it's not uh, it's not something that you really want to put into practice or find out how good a name you are. But at the same token, I'm all for those people uh, that were protecting their property. I believe it was in St. Louis. Uh, they came out when they uh, when the rioters broke into their neighborhood, and uh, uh, what do we got here? Huh? Just ignore me. Ignore you? How can I ignore you? And getting ready for the next show. Oh, oh, okay. We're getting ready for our next show. And by the way, I want to yeah. I, I want to throw out something on our next show, which is uh, the Surveyor's Hour. And I was thinking about this uh, yesterday afternoon. And, you know, and I, I told our host, Jeff uh, Lucas, that uh, I was going to break in and say something during the show. And that is that we have, a, we, we have a, such a wonderful country. And in many, many ways, our surveyors have done such a service and such a job in their profession for the United States. They're the ones that have drawn out the borders they're the ones that have gone out in sunshine and rain and terrible conditions to do surveys and they're the ones that go to court to protect what they've done and and prove what they've done as accurate and uh, without the surveyors in the united states uh, if you think there's fighting now think what it would be without knowing where your fence line is with your neighbor and uh, your property line, and that's what surveyors are all about. And they've contributed uh, a lot of service through their jobs and uh, through their profession. And we salute the surveyors. I, I've called the surveyors for years since I worked with one on my uncle's ranch. They're the last of the cowboys. You know, they go out in the field just like a cowboy does, and. Uh, they do the work, and they do it through good areas, which are flat and dry, and you can walk through, or they do it through the bad areas that are either swamp or mesquite or whatever that'll scratch and claw you to death. But they're there, and they do it. And uh, I salute the surveyors that have, have uh, brought sanity to property lines throughout the United States and uh, the world, really. So... With that being said, back to what we were talking about. We've got about uh, six minutes to go, and um, want to thank uh, Victor for joining us this morning. and And I want to stress again, grandparents, if you're looking for a job, you got a job. Uh, you've got to teach your grandkids history, and you know, coming from a grandfather or a grandmother, and and uh, and particularly if they happen to have some pictures, like pictures of World War II or something like that, or or whatever, it doesn't matter. But coming from a grandparent, while they're putting their arms around their grandkids and saying, you know, when I was your age, and I can remember my grandparents saying that when I was your age, this, this, and this, and uh, you know, it just. One, it'll get you that much closer with your grandkids. And two, if your kids happen to be listening, they might learn something too. So it's, it's a, we just, we got to enlist and ask our, uh, uh, our, uh, our, our parents and our, grandparents and, and, and anyone else that do the most important job teach history. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's more important today than it ever was as, as the world is trying to, or as the criminals and thugs and, and uh, the ones being paid for this terrorism are trying to destroy the greatest country in the world, and we just can't let them. And we can stop it. 
literally stop it with history. And uh, yeah. these jerks that are tearing down monuments, um, they're, they're, well, they're not anything. They're just crooks. They're thugs. Uh, they're just, yeah, they're thugs and Marxists. Yep. I mean, again, if you go look at the rules for Marxism and, and any, any tyrannical group, whether it be a, uh, the Taliban or uh, any Marxist group, socialist group, the first thing they do when they're trying to uh, cause a revolution is take down the historical statues and, and churches. Uh, they want to burn churches and take down any historical facts. Oh, oh he just brought up a good fact. Uh, I just I got an email uh, this weekend about churches. And this was scary. Uh, I go to church, and uh, I, I can't say it's happening in our church, but uh, one, this email came about that, uh, you know, like I said, the Chinese have been infiltrating our country for years, and uh, you don't know it? Um, hang on one second. Anyway, um, you know, they're, they're also infiltrating our churches to take over the boards in, in church organizations, uh, be it the deacons or be it the elders or whatever the church might have as a, a leadership of the, of the church. And that's so they can disrupt one of the most incredible forces in the, in the country is our churches, our religion. And yet they're trying to infiltrate the churches and do the same thing because they know that that's, that's one of our Achilles' heels is the churches. And as if we've got churches, it goes back to the revelation, a revelation, a revolution where, you know, there were meetings held by the revolutionist Americans to fight the U.K., to fight King George, the meetings were held in churches, and they churches, knew that, yeah. uh, you know, so, uh, you know, the communists are not stupid, and uh, they're going to try to take yeah, us from not. any and every side they can. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the communists are in it for the long haul. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what we need to understand, and when they are infiltrating every aspect possible aspect of, of the American culture, and they're trying to change it, and they're in the long haul, and that's what we're seeing now. And this is, like I said, this has been going on. People can look up uh, Dr. CLK from Lubbock Christian College, and he spoke all over the country about this, That, uh, and this was, like I said, in the 50s, the mid-50s, and, and very early 60s that, uh, you know, what the Communist Party was going to try to do and what they would do and what they are doing today and what they have done. So uh, look it up, folks. I don't make I'm just like Victor. I don't make it up. I just spit it out, and we've been spitting it out since 2005, and we had some real skeptics back then. But, you know, this is, this is exactly... What's happening, The per, like you mentioned earlier, the perfect storm between the pandemic, people being yeah. scared, and when you're scared, you do irrational things. And, you know, this is, it, it's just going, if we, if we let it continue to fester, it's going to be really bad. And we've got to, you know, it's like being with a bully. Once you knock the hell out of the bully, he quits being a bully. And uh, this is what we've got to do. And I, I support Trump, and I support the Guard or the Army Reserve coming out and showing the terrorist punks. And they are punks. They're thugs. They're punks. They can't do anything by themselves. So they have to. They they probably live at home with mommy and daddy still, and ask daddy for an allowance. But they can't do anything by themselves. They have to do it in gangs and numbers, and that's the only way they can do it. So they're they're going to find out what this country and our patriots are made of. And with that, we got to get out of here. Victor, thanks for joining me, and uh, we're going to be turning it over. We're going to go to the uh, 
uh, our uh, hour on surveying very shortly. So, again, Victor, thank you, and we'll see you uh, Tuesday on On Point with Victor. (laughs) Take care, folks. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.